Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. Hope you are having a great day. As always, focused on mental health. Asking yourselves as you're making decisions and movement throughout the day, how's my mental health doing? How will this impact my mental health? Focusing more on rest. We're given about 70, 75% max to everything so that we're not burning out. We can't give everything 100%. That's how we burn out. Nothing necessarily has to require that. Give things 70, 70%. Uh, we're also focusing on rest. It's not laziness. It's rest. You're allowed to do nothing. You don't have to earn it. It's your inherent right. Rest as often as possible. Steal time throughout the day and at work to just sit in silence, go for a walk, sit outside. Put on some music, go sit in your car, go for a drive, go take a few extra walks to the bathroom or to get a drink or coffee. Uh, we're building in some pleasure every single day, things that are just about pleasure. They're not productive. They don't make us money. They don't do anything more than just give us a few moments of joy, eating that donut, going for that cup of coffee, maybe just whatever it is. For me, it's music, it's coffee, it's uh, some dessert kinds of foods, just for the sake of having a relationship with myself that centers more joy and more rest and more pleasure. Um, that's what should be the, the center point of our lives. So we're doing that. Because <clears throat> remember, if you're tired, you need a nap, not more coffee or a Red Bull. So we're trying to find ways to kind of accommodate that. All right, y'all. So a couple people had asked me to talk about dating anxiety they were like, yeah, I'm trying to get back into dating. I'm newly single or post-pandemic. Got anxiety. What do I do? How do I overcome that? And I think it's a very reasonable topic. And again, as always, this entry point might be about single people looking to date, but this applies to everyone because we're going to talk about uh, anxiety management. We're going to just talk about social skills. We're going to talk about self-esteem in general. So there's always something in these topics for everyone to maybe connect to or learn something from. Uh, I just use certain entry points, as they say. Um, so dating, yeah, uh, really requires us to feel good about what we're presenting. I've used my famous um, potluck dinner example. Let me use it again. I use it in my clinical practice, so some of y'all are really familiar with this. Basically just saying when we go on a date, we are presenting ourselves to someone. And how we feel about us, the thing that we're presenting to someone, <laughs> hoping that they desire us and like us and want us and want us to be a part of their life, how you feel about what you're presenting is going to impact the way you go about showing up on a date. Just like if you give someone a birthday gift and you are so stoked on what you got them and you feel really good about the gift you're offering them, you're going to be like, yo, everyone gather around. Look at what I got. I want everyone to know that this is the gift I gave. Just like at a potluck, if you love the meal you brought, you're pointing to it. You're standing behind it. Yo, did you try my mac and cheese? Now, 
much like gift giving or a potluck, if you don't feel really great or stand behind what you're bringing, you don't think it's going to be, you don't think it has much worth, don't think it's worthy of a lot of desire or interest, you're not going to want your name on the box. You're not going to be, you know, gathering a crowd to see what you brought. You're not going to be proudly standing behind it. So when we go on a date, just like even in a long-term married relationship, when we present ourselves to try to initiate sex or cuddle up to our partner or engage them, we have to feel good about that, which we're, we're bringing to them and that we're presenting. And that sense of the worth or value of ourselves is very relationally and culturally contextualized. Meaning I will never agree with people saying, oh, you know, you got to love yourself first before you can love other people. No, we learn our worth and value through the way others relate and treat us. We don't, uh, self-esteem is not an inside job. It's actually predominantly an outside job. It's two things that are the most uh, meaningful and important sources of our relationship to ourselves. There's two really meaningful and important sources of our sense of worth that's reflected back to us. Remember, our self-esteem and our self-worth and our desirability is two things. Number one, an accumulation of all the interactions we've had with others and the amount of worth they reflected back to us, which is why it's important to be in relationships with people that honor us, cherish us, celebrate us, compliment us, so that we can internalize that. We don't have self-esteem if you lived on a deserted island from birth by yourself. There is no sense of self. There is no sense of uh, how do I measure up to others. Remember, our sense of self is very much a game of comparison, which is where we move into the second piece, which is what culture are you existing within? Because the larger culture has agreed on an arbitrary set of requirements and traits to be seen as desirable. And that changes through course of time, place, and history. There was a time in history where we really eroticized larger bodies. Now we tend to eroticize smaller bodies. We tend to globally really, um, uh, we globally tend to really prioritize white Western features. So what does that mean? What well, means the relationship you have with those around you and how they treat you matters about your self-worth and also the populations you center yourself around. So for someone who has a, is larger bodied or fat identified, you want to be spending time around other people that are fat and larger bodied. So they're reflecting back your worth, but also participating socially in worlds that also do that. We can't feel good about ourselves if we're around people, places, and things that not only don't honor who we are, but dishonor it. Uh, gay community, if you're looking at bar and club flyers and it's always gym, white, cis bodies, well, no, you're not going to feel of worth and value. You're not going to feel like that's a world for you to participate in. So you have to find subcultures that really honor and value who you are. If you're a person of color and you're always living in a world centered in white supremacy and whiteness, of course you're gonna to struggle to feel like you have worth and value and you have to find community and again, worlds in which that is centered. So it's that's, that's where the inside job comes in is paying attention and placing yourself around that but recognizing that it's often outside in. Um, we're gonna keep talking about this. Stick around, don't go anywhere. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all right y'all we are back and we're talking about dealing with dating anxiety and this applies to everyone because we're talking about general you know self-esteem building and relational skills and self-worth through the entry point of re-entering the dating world. And we're just talking about where our sense of worth comes from because that's what's online or in play when we are trying to court someone or we're trying to show up on a date or ask someone out is that, that first initial sense of like, how do I feel about myself? And then how do I feel, what do I imagine this other person will feel about me based on the world they live in, based on the world I live in, based on how I've been treated, which is why I say all the time in the show, every time you're with someone, you are impacting them. Small scale, large scale. They're, anytime we interact with someone socially, romantically, sexually, they're walking away feeling better about themselves, that better about how others may treat them, better about their body, better about their desirability, or worse off and less than. Let's be part of leaving people better off from having been in our presence and having interacted with us. Let's not make people feel worse about themselves. Stuff is hard enough. So when you hook up with someone, when you flirt with someone on an app, when you go on a date, when you're friends with someone, take seriously how you leave them feeling and the impact you have in their lives. Um, that matters. So the work is on all of us. Um, and the work is also about expanding these requirements to feel desirable and of worth in our world. I'm still disgusted and grossed out that there's still people on app saying, must be six feet tall, um, must be this, must be that. You are keeping all of that in play. And the problem is that's not that's not real or honest. You you will be attracted to people with different body shapes, sizes, heights, and 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 levels of income. So what you're really saying is I'm dating based on my ego. I'm dating based on this imaginary audience that I think is assessing my worth and value based on who my partner is. And instead of being better than that, I'm actually both cooperating with it and also reinforcing it because I'm putting that back out in the world. And even and even not caring, and I want you to care, but 
just having that on your profile is traumatic and oppressive because people have to stumble upon it and deal with it and be reminded that to some people, things that are outside of their control, that they're being held accountable to and being seen as less than and not as a viable partner because they're not meeting these arbitrary requirements as designated by your ego and, and the cultural collective ego. I hope that wasn't too much of a word jumble, but like do better. Just actually operate off of who's in front of you. You don't need all these bizarre requirements on your apps, whether it's a sex seeking app, a dating app, and stop putting that out there in the world. Be better than these arbitrary qualities associated with form. And let's, let's give yourself a chance and everyone else a chance. Um, because again, all of these things matter as to how we feel about ourselves and other people. And we all have work to do around that. So, you know, think about that. What am I putting out there? What am I reinforcing? What am I cooperating with? Um, am I working against that? Am I dismantling that? Am I pushing on my boundaries and my edges and trying to expand and accommodate more? Because that's what the work is. Um, I've said this before on the show, even when we talk about like our sexual orientation, no one's truly living their true sexuality. Sexuality or sexual orientation is far bigger than just gender choice. That's, you know, not the most important part of it. Me, me knowing the gender that someone's attracted to still tells me nothing about their sexual orientation. I don't know anything about positions, power dynamics, sight, smell, sounds, parts of their body engaged. Like I still have no sense of someone, right? And most of us aren't engaging in our full total sexuality of racism, body shame, toxic masculinity, our gender training, uh, fear of being seen as not a, 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 a mother because of things you're turned on by, afraid of being called a sex addict. Like all these different forces really trap, the, trap us and limit us. And now we're in that time and dating's a great way for us to practice liberating ourselves from that. And even if you're currently in a long-term relationship, liberate yourself from that. In what ways do I let my gender hold me back from the kind of sex I have? In what ways do I let my body shame or body anxiety hold me back from the kind of sex I have? In what ways do I let my role as a mother or a professional hold me back from the kind of sex I want to have? Uh, my fear of being called a sex addict because I enjoy diverse creative sex where I'm hypersexual. How does that hold me back? And do I want to keep that boundary in play? Do I want to honor that limit? And I hope the answer is no. And we get to try pushing on those edges and expanding ourselves and increasing our sense of authenticity and self-worth every time we interface with someone. So what am I saying? I'm saying dating should have two purposes. It should be one, the attainment of partnership, but also number two, use it as an opportunity to grow because relational stuff is healed within relationship. And so while dating, try to change the dating scene on a macro level. Try to change your relationship to your anxiety and your ego and date people that you're interested in, not the people that you want the world to see you with. Date the people you're interested in, not the people that you think you need to be with so that you get a little bit of self-worth and ego stroking from that. And that's what a lot of people do. They'll say, but what would people say? People won't say anything and that shouldn't matter. No one's tracking your life. And even if they are, let that's none of your business. So I see a lot of this emerge when people are trying to re-enter the dating world and around partner choice. All of their fragility shows up. All their, all their own insecurities show up. And we want a partner that's going to kind of take us out and away from that and heal that. But I want people to be with the people they want to be with. And so we need more authenticity and honesty. So there's a lot of different threads in that. And that's part of why people are anxious. They, they unconsciously, and for some people consciously, but most people unconsciously know that we're up against all these different forces, that I'm going to be assessed by this person based on their own experiences and based on the culture we live in and how much I fulfill what this person's been trained to believe I need to look like or what I need to fulfill. We're up against a lot of powerful forces. Um, and that's why dating isn't simple or easy. Every time someone's on an app or out in the world, they're thinking through so many different lenses. Their gender training, 
what their friends would say, what they think the world wants of them. And again, remember, most of us are guided by conformity or authoritarianism. We are either guided by doing what everyone else is doing or by what we think we're supposed to do. And neither one of those are inherently healthy or right. It should be, what do I want? What do I need? It doesn't matter what people want from me and it doesn't matter what other people are doing. What do I want and what do I need? And often with sex and dating, healthy sex and healthy dating is often going against what everyone else is doing or what everyone else wants from you. I don't care if your parents want you to marry, blah, blah, blah. It's not, it's not about them. I don't care if you, what your friends want. It's not about them. It's what you want and what you need. And coming back to that. So call that out if you're not doing that and start to try to inch towards that. Uh, all right, we're gonna come back and keep talking about this and then we're gonna be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop the DM uh, on our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, things you want us to circle back to, drop deeper into, questions, all in there. Stick around though, more to come. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Don't go anywhere, we'll be right back. Oh, Rachel, we are back and uh, we're talking about how to deal with dating anxiety. Some people avoid dating altogether because they're not wanting to step into everything we're kind of talking about, which is how do I feel about myself? How well do I fit into the desirability requirements that culture has arbitrarily and toxically put in place that I have to live up to? How much money I'm making, my height, my weight, all these other pieces. It's really quite gross. Um, And that's what part of the anxiety is about. Stepping into all that, knowing that you're going to be assessed and often not from someone's best or even from an authentic place. Uh, Oh, I get it. And uh, so that's where we're kind of talking about where self-esteem even comes from, how to work through all that. Um, But again, I want everyone to know that this gets to be a transformative process. And I like like everything being seen as that. Uh, Bringing the mindfulness and an intention to it and saying, you know, I'm going to step back out into dating and I want to use it as a way to like try to be part of the solution and make the dating world lighter and easier and kinder. I want the people I interact with to not be made to feel worse. So I'm going to be very compassionate in my engagement. I'm also going to date authentically and look for what works for me. And I'm not going to try to perform, you know, uh, professional or, 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 you know, I might be a mom or I might be a professional or, or whatever else it is that the world's expecting of me or assuming I'm going to just move through it authentically and honestly. And I might have a partner that doesn't make sense to other people, but that's okay. It makes sense to me and it's my relationship. So really bringing in honesty and authenticity to it. Um, I see a lot of people get in their own way. Because again, remember, we can't force love. And we can't decide that we're going to get a partner today, this week, or this year. But we have two things we can do. Remember, there's two things we have control over. Uh, We can create the conditions around and upon which a relationship could emerge. So you have to, again, create those conditions, which would be, I've talked about on the show, living in the world in a single way. Um, also being on the dating apps, taking one step more, like all the different ways that are about you just creating the conditions so that someone could be met, being out of the house more. We've talked about that. And then the second thing is dismantling the barriers inside yourself. What are the walls that you throw up that have you getting in your own way? And some of it's this ego list of the amount of money you think they need to make and the height and the weight and the race. And are they a top? Are they a bottom? Are they all of these things that aren't real and don't speak to the quality of actual relationship or even the quality of eroticism and attraction. Um, none of those things matter when we're at a dinner table talking deeply with someone. None of those things matter when we're lying in bed looking lovingly into someone's eyes that we're attracted to and maybe falling in love with. None of those things matter when we're having a hard time and we need our partner to rely on. None of those things matter when we're going through a death and we need someone's care and support. Those factors are all ego. And those factors are born out of what culture has told us. And we've drank in that Kool-Aid and we've played the game and it's really created a mess. And I want everyone to do better and be better. And that's part of it. So push on those edges.
So having said all of that, that's the first question I want everyone to ask themselves, even if you're already in a relationship, what are the boundaries or walls or obstacles I'm throwing up that are either getting in my way with dating, being open to dating, the people I'm meeting, or even with my current partner of three decades in terms of just intimacy and presence, but more so for the single people. What are these, what, what's getting in the way? And one of the really good ways to kind of uncover that if you're not in therapy is to say to someone whose opinion you trust, what do you tend to hear me saying or doing that you think is me blocking my own success in terms of dating or even just within my marriage? And if you ask the right friend, they'll lovingly say, well, I think you're too rigid, or I don't think you give people a chance, or you jump out at the smallest annoyance or, or infraction, and you're not willing to accept that. There's always going to be something annoying or frustrating. That's part of the deal. But you find things about them that are worth dealing with that. Whatever it is, you might want to ask a friend or ask yourself. What, like, literally write it out. The past couple people I spoke to, or the past couple times I went on the app, or the past couple times it's out in the world, why did nothing emerge? Uh, why did nothing happen with the person I saw that I found attractive? Why did nothing happen with that person I was texting with for a few days? And start writing out the answers and look for patterns because I never assert myself, because I dropped the ball, because I'm a, I act like I'm a child. And if they sent the last text, and if I sent the last text message, I have to wait for them to reply before I can send another one. Like these are all really made up arbitrary obstacles. If you like someone, go after them. I don't care if you're a man or a woman. Everyone has to go after the, what they're looking for. We have to get rid of gender and all these other things that that hold us back. So ask yourself, what tends to get in the way of me connecting, participating, moving this, moving forward in the stages, staying in a relationship, call yourself out or look for, like I said, someone in your life that you care about who can help point out some of those flaws. We all have them. And that's the kind of stuff me and my friends talk about. You know, I talk about in therapy as well, but I also talk about that with my own friends. And I have great friends that'll call me out like, hey, Chris, there you are again, being very rigid. Hey, there you are again, not being open to finding out this thing that seems like an incongruence, but I wonder if that could fit in your life somehow, or if you could find value in it. You want to have some healthy people around you. And if not, use this also as a sign that you need some better friends. We don't want friends that support the worst in us. Yeah, block him. He annoyed you. I'm sorry. Wait, what? No. Tell me to heal and repair. Tell me to circle back and apologize and let them know that I'm still thinking about them and I'd still like to go out. Like, really take your, your material. Most friends are gonna give you the worst advice. I usually say, don't ask your friends. But I want us to have some healthy friends that will call us out in a healthy way and understand healthy functioning and can say, you know, do better, be better. Yeah, that makes you anxious, do that. Yeah, reach back out again. Yeah, follow back up. Yeah, apologize for that. Yeah, go out two more times. Maybe they were anxious or having a bad day. We want those friends. All right, we gotta take a break. We're gonna do some DMs. We'll be back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around, y'all. All right, we're back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris and Loveline, I've been dating this new girl for about four months. Her sex drive is insane. It's all in caps. It is insane. It's a little bit of an ableist term, but we'll go with it for right now, which I really loved at the beginning. It was fun. It was new. See? <laughs> that, let me just point this out. This, the exact things that we love about a partner, especially in the beginning, will be the exact same things we don't like about them down the road. It'll be the shadow side. You might say in the beginning, oh my God, they're great. They're so high energy, so bouncy, so full of joy. 
soon it turns into they never shut up. Oh my God. They're always talking. They're always moving. They never sit still, blah, blah. It's the same thing. So it's like when you, when you first meet someone, acknowledge all the things you love about them and you have to hold on to that positive version of it and not be shocked when you see the dark side. And when the dark side shows up, you have to say, but I also love that aspect of them. You know, it's annoying that they're always talking, but I'm also glad that they're so full of joy and energy and you have to hold both. As humans, we struggle to hold both. It's called dialectics. Both are true at the same time. I love that trait and I hate that. They just frustrated me, so I'm mad at them, but I also love them. They're the same person they were before they made me upset. They're both. We have to hold both. But we'd rather make someone all good or all bad. And that's why we love them in the beginning and then we hate them in the end. No, it's both. Um, anyway, back to your question. <laughs> Sex drive is wild. Loved it at the beginning. It was fun and new. But now, look, it's only four months in, y'all. See, four months in and they're already like too much. But now that we've kind of settled down, my work schedule's picked up. It's a little exhausting. Constantly feel like I'm telling her no. And to be fair, she hasn't taken anything the wrong way. But I feel bad that I'm not really giving her what I used to. I know it's early in our relationship, so things aren't that serious, but I'm already feeling sad. Okay, here's the deal. You cannot just say no. If nothing else, I want you all to learn from the show, hopefully more than just this one thing, but you can't just say no. Whenever a partner makes a bid for our attention or attempts to initiate some form of intimacy, affection, sexuality, just wants to talk, whatever it is, you have to offer something. We don't want to outright and fully and completely reject a partner trying to connect with us. So it's okay for you to be like, hey, babe, working on the computer, not interested in having sex right now, but come here and cuddle with me. Hey, babe, not interested in penetration, let's make out. Hey, babe, was gonna cook dinner, don't wanna get down and dirty, but come here and let's, 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 I don't know, hold each other and I'll give you a kiss and then I'll cook. Receive them in some form. You don't have to do exactly what they want, but you have to do something. When a human being tries to get your attention, they come before the phone, the computer, the television, all the time. If you're on your phone, just put it down, connect with them. But the sex piece offers something. Hey, I don't really have the energy to have penetrative sex or get down for a while, but let's just make out. Hey, sex isn't really what I'm down for, let's cuddle. Hey, not really looking for sex, um, let's, let's go for a walk. Hey, not really want a penetrative sex, let's just do oral. Hey, don't really want to do oral. Let's just masturbate together. You have to offer something. We don't want to just reject because then what happens is they resent us. We resent them. They stop coming to us because they feel shamed or ignored. And then the problem's worse. So I appreciate that you don't have the time, the energy, work schedule, but you do have the time and energy to provide something, something that's intimate, something that's connective, something that says, I see you and I care about you, but I can't give you exactly what you want. And that's a non-sexual and a sexual skill that we need to have. Bam, we have to promise that we have to be able to offer that. And every situation allows us to do something. You know, there's a, this word sex is such a wide umbrella. We need to learn how to let it be one of those pieces, affectional, sensual, or erotic. Because if a partner is coming to you to want to have sex with you, it's either that A, they want to connect, and so they should be happy to receive anything. B, they want some pleasure. Again, all those things can provide pleasure. Or C, they want to get off, and that's still a potentiality as well. But it shouldn't have to always mean intercourse. We have to be better and bigger than that. That cannot be always what's expected. 
you know, because we're not always going to be ready for that, up for that energy, for that, interested in that, but we want to receive them somehow. All right, you got a DM for us. Drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, things you want us to circle back to, drop deeper into. You're helping others as you're helping yourself. Always anonymous, excuse me, always anonymous, always confidential. And past episodes of the show over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. Check out some of the other shows while you're there. But uh, we got more to come, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around because we will be right back. All right, y'all, we are back and we're talking tonight about uh, re-entering dating. More importantly, we're also talking about how to deal with anxiety, how to deal with desirability politics, healthy self-esteem, communication. So kind of covering a lot of things that are important to people and for even and even for those that uh, are currently in longer term relationships some of the things we're talking about as a way to deal with uh, dating anxiety and whatnot are still things you can apply to your current romantic life um, so one of the things that's really important is to know what it is you need to put you in the right headspace before you go on a date uh, we shouldn't be planning dates at the end of a long day. We shouldn't be planning dates in the middle of a busy day. We shouldn't be planning dates so that we are segueing in right out of something harsh or distracting or depleting or negative because then we're showing up already kind of tired, cranky, burnout, and we need energy to be able to be likable and agreeable. We need energy to roll with whatever's happening. We need energy to bring energy. So you have to actually prioritize this somehow. Don't just squeeze it in or throw it in there. Don't come flying in hot. Um, come, come, come at it from your best. So plan it at a time when you have the time and energy to actually really show up and participate. So I want to point that out because if someone doesn't know you, and even if they do a little bit via texting or an app or having seen you around, they can only go off of their experience of you. And so how you show up the first time, it matters. And for a lot of people determine whether or not they want to make it a second or a third, not everyone's going to give you multiple chances. So really think about the current headspace you're in or what kind of headspace that day might create. So plan it if you have busy weeks on a weekend. If you get off early, maybe then plan a dinner during the week, but like be very thoughtful about that. I've seen that happen with clients I work with where they'll do it at the end of a work day that was a hard work day and they go in there frustrated, tired, and already cranky. Also, some people go in there not even wanting to be there. So if you really don't want to be dating or going on a date with someone, then don't. Don't put the burden on them to try to make something out of a crappy date because you're showing up being a pain in the butt because you don't really want to be there. That's not fair. That's not kind. That's not what we're doing. Date because you want to and go on dates with people that you are curious about and go in there with curiosity and openness. But if you're going to go in there, like I said, tired, crank, you're not wanting to be there. Save everyone the trouble and stay home or schedule it for a better time. Because we do want to be aware of what's going on in our psyche, our mental health, when we're showing up. How do we work with that? Well, think about what you need to do ritualistically to put you in the right headspace as well. What music puts you in a great mood and makes you feel very confident? Is there a mantra you want to kind of reflect on or read as you're walking in and before you go on the date that also puts you in the right headspace? What are you wearing? Are you wearing something that you feel good and confident in? Are you wearing something that reflects the truth of who you are? Like we have to feel good about what we're presenting. So that's what we're kind of talking about. Like what's your headspace and what are you being um, influenced by? Play happy, positive music, wear something you feel good and confident in and set the date at a time or a day when you feel like you have the energy and you can go in there grounded. Those are the foundational pieces. And that's very important because everything else happens on top of that. 
the first couple dates and early dating can be chaotic. It can be complicated. Uh, it's two people seeing what can happen when they come together. Even the most confident people will have a little bit of anxiety possibly. And um, we want to just kind of allow for it to give its best. Because uh, remember, no matter what happens on that date, each, per, each person walks away with a little bit of an internalized message as to how easy or hard dating is, how safe they should feel with other people. And so we want to manage it really well. You know, a bad date shouldn't have to be a bad date. A bad date should actually be filed under a good date. And it's okay to realize that you and some that you and some other person aren't compatible or interested in each other. That's still a good date. The purpose of a, of a date isn't to get someone. The purpose of a date is to explore and be in the process of spending time with others to see if there's anyone you connect with enough to be in a relationship. And so we have to really kind of lighten up that space and put the right effort in. But again, I've seen people do it at the wrong time of day, at the wrong kind of place. They show up wearing something they're not comfortable in because they've been working all day in it or it's a uniform or like whatever it might be. Um, and they're not paying attention to all of this. And so then the other person's receiving this and then it's hard on both of them. And it doesn't really give either of you a chance to shine, to be your best. So think about that. That also then moves into choose the kinds of places that you're comfortable in. I know what environments I'm comfortable in and I would never plan a date in a space that I'm not. I don't like bars and clubs. I find them loud. I find them dark. I would never plan a date to go get a drink like that. I would plan coffee or sitting outside somewhere where I can actually see them. I can actually hear them. We can engage, you know, and that's why first couple dates shouldn't be a movie. I don't think they should be at bars. You can't hear each other. It's loud. It's dark. There's other people there. Maybe some people, you know, a lot of people coming up to say hello. It's, it's not the best environment, I think. So really be thoughtful about where you're taking yourself, how you're showing up, what kind of mood you're in. Is it at the right time of day? Is this the right social space? Who else might I know that's there? It, it might sound complicated, but it's actually not. Just create something that's peaceful, soothing, anchored, and that kind of gives you your best bet. We're going to talk more about this um, when we come back. We're also going to be doing some DMs. So if you've got a question, you're helping someone else as you're helping you, always anonymous, always confidential, put those questions in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Also put in there some topics you want us to hit, maybe something you want us to circle back, drop deeper into. Love giving you the information you're looking for. So uh, bam, 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 put that in there. And uh, past episodes of the show, always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. It's all about that repetition and the practice because the quality of your life, the quality of your relationship, and the quality of your mental health is connected deeply to the quality of your practice. Do you know what you're working on? Are you actually applying it? Stick around. More to come. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Oh, Rachel, we are back. And we're talking tonight about, honestly, it's really just about relational anxiety, but really from the entry point of early dating and how to get ourselves ready. And this applies to people that have been in longer term relationships. You know, before you go on a date, make sure you're in the right headspace for it. What's going on that day? Am I tired? Am I cranky? Is this an environment I really don't want to spend time in? Make sure you plan dates when you are going to have the energy and you're going to have the desire. Where are the things and show up in something that you're comfortable in? Again, in environments that you're comfortable in. Um, listening on the way there to music or a podcast or thinking of a mantra or a reminder that puts you in the right headspace, reminds you who you are, how you want it to go. Go in intentionally and mindfully. Some people just squeeze dates in and they're tired, they're burnt out, it's after the gym, oh, I just ran out of the shower, I don't like what I'm wearing, I'm just wearing these gym clothes and I'm still distracted from the gym and a little tired and it's like, 
oh my God, how much pressure then you put on them and you to like make something out of that. That's, it's not really trying to bake with great ingredients and the quality of your ingredients determine the quality of the product. It's like use better ingredients, make sure you have the time and energy. Don't, don't force it. Don't squeeze it in, you know, check in with yourself. Um, because that's part of this is like dating authentically. We're not selling dreams. We're letting people really know the places we go, what we're like to be with, what we look like, how we dress. People are assessing all those things consciously and unconsciously. So be very thoughtful about that, but create some kind of routine. What do I need to do to get me in the right headspace? What do I need to do before a date so that I show up in the best version of myself? Um, and then also start to just, I, I, I tell people all the time, if you get a, a very beautiful email, uh, message on Instagram or text from someone that's very confidence building, feels really good, screenshot it, save it, create a folder in your phone of screenshots of really celebratory complimentary things so that you're reminded of who you are. We need, to, we need moments throughout our day to be reminded of our worth sometimes. I'm sad that we need that, but we don't live in a world where we're always complimenting each other and celebrating each other's successes. So when those few things happen, I want us to have access to go back and be like, ah, oh, yes, I do that all the time. Uh, I tell all my patients to do that, you know, keep that, hold on to that, be able to go back and be reminded of that when you're having a really hard day and you're trying to remind yourself why you love being a parent, why you love being a teacher, why you love being whatever it is. You have these little messages from people. Um, because we have hard days and that can be really confidence boosting before going on a date, remembering your self-worth. And if you don't have those screenshots, you can also ask yourself, you know, what do I love about myself? What parts of myself do I want this person to see today? What parts do I want to lead from? I like that I'm funny. Let me make sure I'm bringing my humor or I like intellectualism. I like my critical thinking. Let me really kind of apply that because again, if I don't bring my true self, then I don't get to see if we're compatible. If I bring a false self and I'm playing a game, then I only get to see what they're like in response to that. I don't really get to see what we're made of. And that's so important. Don't sell a dream. Don't plan dates that are far outside the scope of who you really are and what you really like to do. Because some people might assume, ah, this is what it's like to go on dates with them. And if the answer is, well, no, it actually generally isn't, well, then you're misleading them a little bit. And that's why I always have the most downplayed initial dates because my general life is kind of downplayed. We'll go hiking. We'll go for coffee. We'll go look at art. We'll go for a picnic. I, I want to know what you're like in the actual context of my life. I'm not the type that's going to put on a suit, rent a tux. I'm sorry, rent a limo, have it take us to some bougie restaurant because I actually don't enjoy or value that stuff. I don't care. You know, that's not the world I operate in. And if that is your world, well, then by all means do that. But we don't want to sell a dream. We're trying to sell reality. And that can also spike your anxiety if this is if the date is outside the scope of who you really are, or what you can even afford. But back to the confidence. Have things that remind you of your worth. Be able to spend time maybe on the way in the date going over what you think you have to offer and provide for someone. And if you don't have answers to these things, well, maybe do that before you start dating. Say, what do I think I have to offer someone? Because if I don't think I have anything to offer, I'm not going to show up for my best. I'm going to show up with a lot of anxiety. And so let me really spend time looking at what do I think gives me worth and value? I wish the answer was just the fact that I'm a person, but it's not. So think about that. Um, I, 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 want any, I want everyone to kind of do that anyway, you know? <laughs> like what about, what, what aspects of the way I move through the world do I feel best about? Um, you know, what, what, what uh, personal traits do I tend to think people value the most and can I lead with that? Because again, the other person is receiving you. The other person can only assess you and their interest and compatibility based on what you provide, how you show up. We don't always get multiple chances. And also think about that if you're in a longer term relationship. What parts of yourself are you constantly bringing to your partner, uh, to your kids, to the dinner table, to family vacations, your stressed out, burnt, depleted, tired self? Uh, or you're carving out time and space that you can show up from your better self with energy, with purpose, with focus. 
It matters in all of our relationships. It's not just, you know, the romantic ones only. Um, what else do we want to think about? I think for some people it can be important to consider ahead of time if they're very anxious and they're not very extroverted and they don't play well off of others. What are some things that maybe you'd want to talk about or share about your life? It's okay to have three to five things in your back pocket. Not literally, but maybe literally three questions or three topics that are really important and meaningful to you. And then if there's a lull in the conversation or some anxiety, that's one of the ones you bring up. If you feel really proud about your work in, you know, mathematics, that might be something put on the list. Somehow bring up that topic, talk about the kinds of things you do for work, and you can talk about how meaningful your work is and here's why and why you've enjoyed it. Like it's okay to have questions and topics prepared Um, because again, it's better than you panicking and getting flustered. But remember in doing so, as we always say, people feel best on a date when they are asked a lot of questions. So over-prepare maybe a few questions that are really poignant to ask the other person so that they do get the sense that you are engaged and you are present and you are interested because people don't walk away from a date feeling that way if the person just talks only about themselves. And some people do that when they're anxious. They just start rambling about themselves. It's more important to focus more on them and to find out about them. So the key word is curious. Go on, go on dates, even with your partner of 30 years, with curiosity about learning more about who they are. And generally try to operate from that, trying to find out who they are. It's also how you find out their level of interest deeper into the date is if they're interested, they'll be sharing a wealth of, a wealth of information with you. And if they're really kind of shutting it down, well, then they're not really feeling comfortable getting any deeper with you, you know? All right, we're gonna come back and talk a little bit more about how to deal with dating anxiety, some things to consider, some things to prep. And then we'll be doing some DMs, y'all. So you know the drill, questions, topics, whatever it is, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Past episodes of the show over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. It's all about that practice, but uh, stick around, more to come. Listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Don't go anywhere, we'll be right back. Oh, Rachel, we're back and we're just finishing up our discussion on uh, dealing with dating anxiety. But all this as always applies to all of our relationships, romantic, social, talking about just spending time framing it. What do I need to do to show up in the best mood and to come from the best of myself? I'm not going to plan it at the wrong time, at the wrong day, in the wrong place where it's too loud. I'm tired. I don't enjoy it here. I'm not going to like what I'm wearing. You want to bring your best. Um, so know what kind of rituals you need to go through to show up that way. I always pay attention to the music I'm listening to on the way and I play something that puts me in the right headspace. Also reflecting on what you value most in yourself. So you go in there leading with that. We also talked about preparing a few things. What are some things you want to make sure you talk about? What are some questions that are really poignant, beautiful questions that you can have in your back pocket to ask if you get you know, flustered or anxious or the lull in the conversation? I think that can be very helpful. Um, <clears throat> Also, just think about what's gone wrong in the past. We can learn so much from the past. You know, how do you, how in the past had you wished you had shown up? How in the past do you wish you had been, you know, in what ways do you wish you had been more prepared? In the past, why did things tend to not go great? Was it again the time of day you went on a date, the place you went? Was it the way you handled something? Look back and say, let me do it different. Let me capitalize and do more of what helped and, and made it go well. And let me decrease and work on removing the things that became true obstacles. So basically learn your true dating style and, and fix that. Um, you know, do I tend to over talk? Do I tend to not ask enough questions about them or the opposite? Do I ask folks too much on them and never really present myself? Um, look at that. Look at your past dating experiences. That's how we learn the most about ourselves. Um, also, there's a piece about just anxiety management, really learning how to regulate yourself. 
And, you know, if you feel like you're getting a little too anxious, excuse yourself and go to the bathroom, wash your face in the bathroom, take a deep breath, step outside for a second, you know, track that level of anxiety. Um, We've talked on the show a lot of times about self-regulation and anchoring and grounding techniques, you know, really stay in the present, make sure you can feel your feet touching the ground, sometimes put your hands flat on the table and feel the table, count, you know, how many red things you can see in the room, ask yourself, what can I smell? Just different things that bring you into the moment if you feel like you're kind of drifting or dissociating, because for some people that can happen on a date, that real intimate moment can be very anxiety inducing, which is why for some people it's better to do a date that's an activity. If you're just sitting there looking at them at dinner or coffee, that's, that's, a requ- that's a required level of sustained eye contact and can feel a little too intense. It's okay to say to someone, let's go for a hike. And then we're wide, in the wide open outdoors. We can look around. Say to someone, let's go on a picnic. You can say to someone, let's first meet by just going for a walk and see how we feel and connect. You can, you know, there's so many interesting, lighthearted ways to first encounter someone. And you can ease into the intensity of sitting at a table for two hours, just looking at each other, having to keep talking. That can feel very hard on people. Go look at art, go for a walk on the beach, go hiking, go for a walk through the neighborhood, go grab a coffee and run some errands, meet at, you know, a little shopping area and we'll just wander around. Sometimes movement and activity can really help. Maybe even ask someone if they want to go play tennis or shoot some hoops or I don't know, go for a bike ride. But activity can be a really good way to, to, to have shared experience, but also have a little bit of a buffer and have things to uh, talk about and focus on. The weather, the beach, the trees, the people around us. We're again at a restaurant, it's just face-to-face, me and you, two hours, intense. And that can feel overwhelming. I never do dinner as a first date. It's too overwhelming. I don't. I need to know that I can sit through a two-hour conversation with you and you're not gonna put me to tears or say problematic things. So I always get on the phone before I go on a date, for sure. If I can't handle a phone call with you, I don't wanna sit at, at, at doing anything with you. So I always, ha- always have to get on the phone first. And then I still like it lighthearted. Let's go for a walk. Let's grab a coffee in the middle of the afternoon and maybe walk around the neighborhood with the coffee or whatever it is. Do whatever you need to do. Um, And then the final thing I want to just throw in there is it's all about authenticity. We're not trying to sell the dream. We're not trying to misrepresent who we are and how we are. We're trying to really bring our true self because every time we're dating, you have two options, the, the authentic, honest version or the game playing manipulative version. People that play games are people that don't have high self-esteem and don't think they have a lot of worth and value and they feel like they have to mislead or trap someone. And I will never agree with waiting a certain amount of time or blah, 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 blah. Anyone who applies a set of rules like that, that's anxiety speaking. And again, it's manipulation. I'd rather you be honest and authentic. Here's who I am. Here's how I move through the world. I'll present as myself and we'll see if we're really compatible and if that's something you're interested in. And if not, that's good to know. How soon should I wait to text? As soon as you want to text. Someone who's interested will be happy to receive your text. Interested people like signs of interest. If they're interested, there is no such thing as too soon. How do you feel when someone you like texts you? Excited. You don't say that was too soon if you like them. And if you do, get out of your own way. There's no right amount of time. Your time is the right time and you want to see if you're compatible. If you like to text often, then text often and see if that works for them. It's really all about our authentic self. We're not trying to play games. We're not doing all that gendered stuff anymore. We're getting back to the core, which is everyone wants to feel desired. Yes, the cis hetero men in my practice want to also feel desired. They also want their partner to be assertive and to initiate and to plan things. Yes, they also want to be courted. Yes, we are in a different time now and it's a beautiful thing. People want to feel cared for and they want to feel desired. That's what people are seeking. And no one healthy is going to, you know, 
be turned off by you demonstrating healthy assertion and interest. Because if they are turned off by that, then they're not interested. And if there's someone who needs you to play games, then you'll always have to play games. And these are red flags and we're moving away from that. We're dating more in a secure, attached way, which is consistent, available, reliable, and responsive. That's what we're offering and that's what we're looking for. And we're settling for nothing less. All right, DMs to come. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around, y'all, because we got a whole lot more to come. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, y'all, we are back. And now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, my fiance and I have been together for three years, engaged for six months. He's been the most supportive person in my life and I am so thankful for him. Well, look at you, congratulations. I do my best to show him that I appreciate him every single day. See, that's key. Couples get real good at calling out what's annoying, what's frustrating all the time. Get really good also, more importantly so, at what you value in them, compliment them. If you're in a relationship, compliment your partner as much as possible. And if you're not willing to, you got deeper problems because you're with someone that you do not want intimacy with or you have resentment. But in a healthy relationship, we focus more on complimenting, praising all the time, five to one. For every insult, criticism, or put down, which we shouldn't be doing at all actually, you need five praises or compliments. Oh yeah. Um, I do my best, you said to show him, but we got it, you're awesome. Last week, he came to me practically in tears, saying that he felt unappreciated. Shocker, right? Because you're like, hey, I'm giving it to him all the time in some way. I swear I thought I'd been doing everything to make him happy, but he says it's not enough. I kind of feel like in a weird way, he's getting scared of getting married, so he's coming up with this excuse. But if he really does feel like I don't appreciate him enough, how can I show him that I do? You gotta ask him. It's not a secret. Yo, bro. You said I don't appreciate it enough, you enough. You said that I'm not showing you enough that you're a value. What can I do that would communicate that to you? Um, it kind of falls back to that like love language thing. You might be expressing care and appreciation in the ways that you feel appreciated and cared for. If you like hearing compliments, you're probably then complimenting because it feels good when you get them. So you're assuming it feels good to him to give them. 
It feels good for him to get them, I should say. But that's not how it works. We have to understand how our partners best feel loved and cared for, and we have to do that. Yes, we want our partners to learn how we give it and to see it as such, so that's the work. So if you're a human being in a relationship, your job is to both understand how your partner best expresses love to you so you can see it in their language and be like, oh my God, those compliments are them showing me they love me because they express love with compliments. Awesome, I'll start to see that. But you can also say to them, what also I most value is when you do acts of service. So when you are thoughtful and do things for me, that makes me feel cared for. And then you have two vehicles of that love coming at you. So for the writer author of this question, you're not expressing in ways that it's felt. So you have to say to your partner, how do you most feel loved? And their answer can't be, I don't know. You have to say, well then take some time and think about it. Think back to when you've most feel loved by me or someone else you've been with. What did they do or say that did that? Or you say to them, track it for a while. And every time you feel cared for, call out what it is I did or said. It's their job to tell you. It is not your job to just know or to figure it out. Put it, put it back on them lovingly. You let me know, babe, when you figure that out and I'll be happy to do that. But it's not your homework to turn all Inspector Gadget, hire a private detective and read a bunch of books on it. Say, ask them. It's like people that want their partners to know what they like sexually. <laughs> no, you tell me. Put it into words, figure it out and tell me. And if you don't know, how the heck would I know? Give it back to them lovingly. You tell me what you need to feel loved. You tell me what you like sexually and I will do it. But you have to take time to figure it out. This isn't something we're going to maybe bang out right now in two seconds with answers. But give it back to them. Let him tell you. Problem solved. But I think sometimes we think it's for us to know. We should know. No, we shouldn't. We shouldn't know anything. We don't do mind reading. That misguides us, misleads us. It's patronizing to the other person. We'll make assumptions about our about what we want and place and project it on them. We'll make assumptions about our exes and place it on them. We'll misread. We don't get to build the intimacy that comes with these kind of conversations. We don't do it like that, you know? That's just keeping ourselves safe and comfortable. So um, there it is. All right, y'all, if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, and past episodes of the show are over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, and click on it. You can binge, post, share, re-listen, all sorts of good stuff. We'll be back tomorrow night, though, so uh, join us then and uh, spend the rest of the night focusing on leisure, pleasure, <laughs> self-care. <laughs> be done working. Drop the bar for yourself and for others. You know, we're trying... We're try life is hard enough y'all we're not trying to amp the intensity up we're actually trying to drop it down you know but um yeah take the rest of the night and focus on some self-care some pleasure and some joy you know or at least or at least plan some for tomorrow um yeah we'll see you though as always thanks for hanging out you enjoy the rest of your night have a good night this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.